0: Today we're gonna talk about work. Where are my amen sisters at? I didn't hear hallelujah on that, okay? <laughs> so uh, to get us started off about work, I thought I would just share a personal story, a work story of mine. So when I lived in Champaign, I worked at Red Lobster, so shout out to all of my Red Lobster friends and anyone who has worked in the food industry, like we share a bond. Okay, so one day at Red Lobster, a guy ordered a, a half order of pasta. And so I brought it out to him and he was really upset and he He is like making a scene and he's yelling at me he's like I didn't order the full order of pasta and I'm like no no no, that that's the half order he's like I'm not paying for this and like it's the half order and I'm trying to explain like the half order is just a big portion so you get more for your money like this should be a good thing right he's really upset and he's yelling and then he starts taking his hands onto his plate of pasta and separating out the pasta as he's yelling at me And I don't really know what he was saying because I was like, what's he doing? Doesn't that burn him? Okay, so this pasta is with Alfredo sauce. And Alfredo sauce at Red Lobster is hot. It's made with hot butter. And I can see the steam coming up as he's separating it on his plate. And he's saying something like, I'm only paying for the part that I'm going to eat. And so I'm like, okay. And he's separating off. And I look and he's, sure enough, he like scoops off onto his hands half of it. Y'all, he threw it at me. He threw it at me, hit my face. And so it didn't burn his hands because I think our skin, you know, is not as as sensitive. But the skin on your face and your neck is a little bit more sensitive. So I had, I sported the rest of the day these little like linguine marks um, of where like the hot Alfredo sauce had burned my skin. I contemplated my life choices that day and my employment choices that day. Uh, But I did end up working at Red Lobster several years after that. And I can honestly tell you that the stories and the memories and the friends, they were all amazing and I have enough to last me a lifetime. But work, work is hard sometimes, isn't it? But today I want to talk about a fresh perspective of work. Now, when I talk about work, I want to define this a little bit. I am talking about the time of the day that you spend being productive. And so for many of us, this might be where we are employed, where we clock in and clock out. But for some of us, it might be where we go to school. Uh, it might be where we go to college. For parents, it might be raising your babies at home. Okay, this is, that's work. I've been there. So I want you to think about your work, whatever that might be. And I'm not talking about playing video games (laughs) or scrolling social media, where you are productive most of your day. I want you to think about that for a moment and just catalog, like, what are you thinking about? For some of us, we might be thinking about the time that we clock in and that we clock out. Uh, We might be thinking about our pay. Maybe our pay is great, maybe it's not so great. Um, If we're in school, you might be thinking about that teacher that just really gets you or the teacher that doesn't or that bully. Uh, Maybe you're thinking about your coworker that happens to be your best friend or that coworker that seems to make everything difficult. If you're at home, any type of parent might know this. You might be thinking about the laundry or the dishes that seem to reproduce on their own. I think most of us can relate to most of these. But what would it look like if when you stopped and you thought about your work, actually the only thing that you thought about were the fun things and the things that got you excited and wanted you to and that you looked forward to work every day. Do you know people like that? I know a few people who are just really excited about their work. And I am inspired by that, but can I be honest? I'm a little annoyed. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? Like what do they know that I don't know? What is their secret what do they do differently is their work better than my work probably not is everyone in their workplace perfect yeah that's a hard no um did they switch families <laughs> i doubt it so i did a little digging you know what the secret is i'm going to share it with you guys you ready for this they switched who they work for now they didn't resign They didn't go to a different job. They switched who they work for. They decided to work for and with Jesus on his mission every day while they work. So I want you to take a moment right now and think about your work and where you're productive every day. And together as we dive in, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to pray together. Okay? So if you would like today to have a fresh perspective on your work then I want you to repeat this prayer after me. It's very simple, but I pray it all the time. Okay, Jesus, show me what you see. Amen. Simple, easy, powerful. So when I first thought about working for Jesus, with Jesus, I had a lot of stumbling blocks. First of all, I thought that work was because of sin. And it was because Adam and Eve sinned in the beginning, and now we all have to work. I have to work to provide a paycheck. I have to work for many reasons. But I also just didn't understand how to integrate my faith. So once I became a Christian, I was like, well, I still have to work. And I didn't understand that I can integrate my faith into what I do every day. So in my mind, I had these buckets, and maybe you can relate. So I had the church bucket. And that was my faith. Um, I had the outreach bucket. Like, I'm going to go do this outreach, or I'm going to give money to this good cause. And that was my faith bucket. But then I had, like, my work bucket and my family bucket. And they were different, nothing mixed. And I got to thinking, like, well, what would it be like if I learned how to integrate my faith into everything that I do? And even today, like, it's not a natural thing. Even today, I, I have to say, Jesus Show me what you see. Paul talks about this, and we can read about it in the Bible. He writes a letter to the early church. And so in Colossians 3, he talks about just this thing. So to give you a little bit of backstory, he's writing to early believers, and they would classify themselves as Christians. So they're the early church They believe in Jesus, but they're not quite understanding the resurrection. They maybe believe that Christ was resurrected. Some of them actually didn't believe that, but some of them did. But they really all had a struggle with believing that they too were resurrected with Christ. And so as you can imagine, this affects their everyday life. And so Paul is reminding them and us of the promise of the resurrection. And because Christ died for us, as us, that the moment that we accept that gift, we also are resurrected into a new life. And with that new life, we have a fresh perspective on everything we do. This includes treating each other well. It includes looking at each other with compassion. It's seeing past people's actions and seeing how Jesus loves them. And then Paul, later in that chapter, he goes on to talk about how this affects our relationships, our families, and even our workplaces. He urged the Christians, and therefore he urges us too today, to work for the Lord and to honor our employers, not just when someone is watching, but all the time. And he goes on to say in verse 23 work willingly. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. And so for me, like I I guess I understood that, but I still struggled because I still thought that work was a result of sin. I thought, you know, if Adam and Eve hadn't done that, then my work would be sitting on a beach eating grapes off a grapevine. You know, that is just, I just thought that. And I was listening to a podcast by Tim Mackey, and he was talking about work, and I'm just listening along, and he says that work is actually God's idea. Okay, I'm tracking with that. But then I heard before sin even entered the story, Work was God's idea. And that, to me, I was like, that little plot twist of the story led me down a huge path of discovering and my work in a whole new way because I thought work was because of sin. So sure enough, I go back and I read my Bible. Did you know that that's in there? <laughs> Okay, so starting in Genesis 1, right, because this is the story before sin enters the story. Okay, so some of you guys know the Genesis story. The very first sentence of our Bible says, in the beginning, God created. Who is the first worker here? God So then it goes on to say that God says, let there be light, and he saw that the light was good, and he separated them, and he called them what? Day and night, exactly right. What is God doing? He is creating order out of chaos. For whose benefit? For ours. Then it goes on to talk about God created Beautiful plants and trees. It's an amazing garden. For who? For us. This is God's definition of work. Creating order and something beautiful out of chaos for the benefit of others. So think about where you work right now. Where you go to school or your home. Where is the chaos? Jesus Show us what you see. Show us where you want to take that chaos and make it into something beautiful. Show us how this can benefit others. I'm going to give you an example. Before I worked here, I worked at AgriFab, which is a factory just up the street, on the same street that the church is on, and I worked in accounting, and I was in their accounts receivable. Now, AgriFab is a pretty large company, but whatever size company, you know, they're always receiving payments in. Now, in my particular job, um, where I worked, we received lots of different payments coming into the organization in various different ways. So when I thought about my job, this was the chaos, because we had checks coming in here, and we had wires coming in there, and a lot of times they weren't for the right amount. They were supposed to be for this, and they were for that. And so my job, which I think is just beautiful, if you know me, you know, like I love data entry. I love spreadsheets, um, I think in spreadsheets, I love process process management systems, and so to me I was creating a beauty out of this chaos. And so I had the privilege of allocating every single penny into the general ledger that it should apply to. So basically I'm taking every single penny that comes into the place and saying this is what it is to be paid for. Now does this matter in the grand scheme of things? It does because this gives valuable information to the company. So, for example, I mean, I could talk all day about this, but I'm just going to give you a few examples of how this is valuable. The company can look at this and see what items sell well because if you're looking at across all the, the items you have and the, and the SKU numbers for every item and the payments that are attributed to those, you see a few and then you see one go like this. Well, that's a good product. People are buying that. Um, you can also see what items have defects. Because anything anything that comes in that's not paid for all the way, you have to mark like it like it has a defect. And so it wasn't paid for, it wasn't working, and they want a refund. And so you can look and you can see the products that have, oh, there's a big defect here. We need to go back and we need to look at the line and that creates that product and figure out why it's having a defect. You can also see the trend of how customers pay. Do customers pay on time? Do they pay late? If a lot of your customers pay late, why? Can we offer an incentive? Can we offer them a discount if they pay in 10 days? So this is very valuable information. Now, this type of information helps the company be successful and efficient. Companies that are successful and efficient can hire more people and pay more salaries. When people don't have to worry about where their money is going to come from, they can raise their families with love. Parents can focus on raising their families and not having to worry about their next paycheck when they work for a place that is successful and efficient. And children who are raised in families that are loved, do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's a process. It goes on and on. So then I ask you again, do you think data entry for a company is important? Yes. It benefits the company, the employers, their families, and the next generation, a whole community. This is God's design for work. In Genesis, kind of where we pick pe- pe- uh, Where we left off, um, in chapter 2, verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to eat grapes. I mean, that's what I thought. This is before sin, okay? This is before the sin story. To work, it's right there, to work it and take care of it. So thinking again about where you spend your productive time, how can that benefit others? What type of work do you think can be used to benefit others? Anything. We just read about that in Colossians. Paul said, at whatever you do. Now I wanna take a moment because I want to make sure you don't hear me say what I'm not saying. So we're just going to put a pause on the message, and I'm going to take a little sidestep here for a minute. I want to be clear about something. If your line of work exploits another person, then you need to switch jobs. That, that's not of God. If you are unsure if what you do exploits another person, then come and ask me. I can, I can surely tell you. So I'm not saying that a line of work or what if somebody does something that exploits other people, that that can be used for God. That is not of God. Another thing I want to make sure you understand is I am not saying that there is no valid reason to leave a place of work or a situation. There definitely are valid reasons. What I want you to hear me say, and this is just of a heart of someone who just loves you so much, me and Jesus is a lot of times I hear that people leave a place because they're not happy. And I don't mean this to be rude or to be insensitive in any way. I don't believe that that is biblically why you were put where you're working. We just learn the story. Like, we're put there for whose benefit? Our own? For, for others. And so when we leave a place because we're not happy most of the time it's because we're getting our work out of order so when we understand that god has called us to create order and something beautiful out of chaos when we understand that and when we get to do that and partner with jesus it's it's exciting and when we see how that benefits other people it's exciting and that is biblical happiness so when we understand the order, it actually does lead to happiness. But when we try to get happiness out of order, it doesn't really matter where you are. You probably won't find it. So back, back to the message. Okay. Being a pastor or being a missionary is no different, no better than being a server at a restaurant or an Uber driver. Okay? We all have equal opportunity to share the love of Jesus to others so this is your invitation to take a fresh look at your work to imagine how you can find the chaos and create a beautiful order with Jesus and how that can benefit others so we're going to do this together okay like everyone let's make a pact Everyone here today, everyone listening online, I would love for you to ask Jesus to show you what he sees. Consider this your commission to be on mission. And what is is the mission? Jesus talks about that. The disciples ask him, like, what is most important? And Jesus says, to love God and love others. So we're going to share a few stories. And I asked several people to send in their stories. I'm So excited to tell you we have lots of stories. I wish we could share all of them this morning, but we don't have that kind of time, and I really want to get to some worship music here in a little bit. But we do have a few stories to share. And my hope in sharing these stories is that you're inspired to see and hear how other people do this right where they are every day. I asked two questions. Uh, Number one, I asked, how do you work on mission?" And number two, I asked, can you share a story of how working on mission helped someone else have an encounter with Jesus? And I plan on sharing more of these stories on our social media. So if you're not in our Facebook group, uh, plug for that, get into that so you can hear some of the other stories. So uh, I'm going to start with Marissa Binion. Let me have a picture of Marissa there. So Marissa, um, she works for Jesus, with Jesus in retail And this is what she says. I ask the Holy Spirit to come before I walk in the door at work. I ask Jesus to help me show love to each person that walks in. And sometimes it's just a smile and a hello, asking them about their day. Other times, I have felt led to pray for them. I have actually made some friends that were perfect strangers out of having conversations about Jesus. Recently, I was checking out a very pregnant lady, and I was asking her when she was due. And she began to tell me that she has to be induced next week, two weeks early, because she randomly passes out because the baby is so big. She said this is her first baby, and she was so scared. I just began to speak encouragement over her while ringing her up, which ended up in just a small prayer blessing over her and her baby, and she was so thankful. Her mother in law and customer behind her were witnessing this, which gives all glory to God. We have Beth Beachy, and this is a picture of uh, Beth and her husband, Daryl. And so Beth works for Jesus, with Jesus, as a medical assistant, and she says, My goal is to see people through the eyes of Jesus and to view their circumstances from their perspective. A patient came into our clinic for her late morning appointment when she needed, then she needed to be directly admitted to the hospital. About three hours later, I noticed she was still waiting to be admitted. I was concerned for her and her newborn baby. I checked in to make sure they were okay, and she mentioned not having had lunch. So I went to the cafeteria and bought lunch for her. She was grateful, and I was honored to have been Jesus to her. And we have a story from Scott Lane. This is a fun picture. (laughs) This is a picture taken at one of our outreaches. Um, But Scott Lane works for Jesus, with Jesus, as a maintenance director at a local nursing home. And so he says he is on mission by being there for the residents to talk to and helping other staff members with their jobs. One elderly lady in particular knows how I am involved at the church. And every time I see her, she asks me to pray for her. She misses her family and friends so much. And I feel that I brighten her day each time I see her. The love of Jesus is such a blessing to her, and I am grateful for the opportunity to share his word with her. And last story today, we have Dory Choi. And Dory works for Jesus, with Jesus, at a children's home. And she says, I put my team's need at the forefront of decision-making and pray through the lens of what is best for the team. Sometimes that means changing my focus and priorities to ensure my team is on their best footing to serve our children. I lead from the front, doing the hard things alongside my team. I pray through difficult situations, which gives me grace to handle them better most of the time. That has led to several conversations about how I find the time and energy to stay positive and invested. And that has given me the opportunity to point to Jesus as the source of that stamina and peace. So these are amazing stories. And i this is not in my notes. I just was sensing this at the last minute. But I just want to share a personal story um, of being at home, raising babies, because that's work. So um, off the cuff here, um, Kevin, I don't know if you guys know this, but he cut his finger off, right? So he's missing some of his finger. And, you know, so one night as a family... We decide that we're going to pray together over Kevin's finger. And we were new to the church. And uh, Chad, sitting right here, this this is what made me remind the story. Okay, so we're new to church. And Chad and Kevin and all of us are new to praying. They're teaching us how to pray. So we're like, we're going to do this at home with our children. So parents, do this with your children. And so we're sitting at home and we're praying over Kevin's finger. And Emily, just in her so sweetness, she's like two years old, three maybe, and she's like, you know, just, I just, I just pray for the bone to grow and I just pray for the skin to grow. And we're like, oh, sweet, because we're thinking we got to be like the blood of Jesus, you know, like this is what we're thinking. And she's just so simple prayer. So we're like, this is so sweet, that, that is doing the stuff right in our homes, raising up our children, and just our regular bedtime routine. But the funny part is, so we come to church the next day, is Holy Spirit night, and we're doing this prayer, and I don't know if you remember this, Chad, but we're like, we're going to pray for Kevin's finger, and so I kid you not, Chad takes Kevin's finger, and he's like, I pray for the bone to grow. I pray for the skin. You know, it's like word for word what Emily prayed, but it reminded me, like, there's no junior Holy Spirit and holy spirit is in our homes and we have such an opportunity just as we do what we do to raise our children to love god and love others friends this is your invitation to take a fresh look at your work to see where there's chaos and how you get to partner with jesus to make beautiful order that benefits others let's pray jesus show us what you see Show us where there is chaos, that you want to partner with us to create something so beautiful. Thank you for the opportunity that we get to do this with you. Thank you that we get to share your love in so many different ways where we work and where we're productive. Thank you for your design of work. It's so beautiful and and satisfying. Thank you that we get to do this. All together, here, near, and far away. In your name I pray, amen.